Amen. The book of Luke, chapter 3, one verse. Luke 3 and verse 16. I may fudge on that, may read another verse, but Luke 3, 16. Amen. I think while you're getting there, I may at least, I did this uh, Wednesday night, kind of gave a, a uh, report on my health. Uh, did go into a hospital and spend a night and and uh, did a couple things. And just so, just in case you wasn't here, uh, you know, you won't have questions. I think you it, it, you should know. Uh, went in, catheterization through this arm. Uh, of course, they put the dye in. They find out, uh, you know, if there's any blockages and of course, there were some blockages. Um, I expected to go in and have a, a stent, you know, of, of from a, in one of the arteries that are clogged, and I could be on my merry way, but that's not how it worked out. I'm, uh, I'm getting a kind of accustomed to getting news that I didn't want and don't like, and, and so that was kind of the case. So the, the four bypasses that they did uh, on this left side, uh, three of them were stopped up, and they're to, to the point where they can't, I mean, they, the only thing they could do would be another open heart surgery, which is not advised by me or the doctor. Uh, and then, of course, they can drill, but that's real, uh, you know, that's precarious or tough to get through there without hitting, going the wrong way. And, and so he said that could cause a heart attack while I'm there. So that's where we are. They're trying to give some, some different kind of medications and try to help me out here a little bit. In the meantime, I'm going slower because the whole point, whole thing that got me there was shortness of breath, pressure, uh, and this kind of thing. And so, uh, you know, I'm not planning on uh, having a heart attack. That is possible if I if I do. Well, just like last Sunday, I was, I was having a runaway, and I really wanted to get in that Brother Ruck, I wanted to get in there and run with everybody, but my better judgment said, you know what, just use a little common sense. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> so that's kind of where we are. Uh, pray for me. I do believe in miracles. Uh, we've seen this, um, you know, and so those of you who are believing and, and praying, we that is the, the best gift, the best possible thing that we can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, thank you, Jesus. I cherish that. I cherish that. So pray pray your prayers of faith and let's watch God do some things with us and in us. In the meantime, I'm going to keep going, just going a little slower and, uh, and just wait with great expectation for God to do something. I can't remember who it was, but just lately, I'm, I am forgetting a lot lately too, uh, they just told me that they their heart formed a new artery. In other words, there was a blockage, and their their you know their body just that that blood worked its way around, and they formed a whole new artery. And so I've kind of latched on to that in my prayers, like Lord. And while I'm praying, I'm envisioning my own left side of my heart. Now, Lord, you you did that for one person. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for the confidence you have in God to take care of all of us and bless us. I've promised God before that if he would let me live longer, I promised him I wouldn't cause any trouble here when the next pastor takes over. <laughs> Lord, I promise you I'll behave myself. 
you know. And uh, as you know, I'm stepping back quite a bit anyway, and so it's just a natural thing to do. Old people, anybody can cause trouble. Old people are really can cause trouble. You know, just you, you don't want to you don't want to do that. Okay, so I want to I want to get out of the way and and uh, just let God do. God's doing some things today. He's doing some things today. Hallelujah. Let let me read. Thank you. Just continue to pray for me. I don't want more of a spotlight on me. Than I than I already have. I'm I'm happy. I don't need more popularity. Uh, just be my friend and be like you've been. Just stick with us. And that's a that's a pastor bishop's dream. That folks who just walk with him. I'm standing with my pastor, because that's what the pastor does in reverse. He stands with his people. Some I, I find myself, you know, not being negative and ugly. It, Nobody says really horrible things about each other, but once in a while somebody, and my wife can tell you this, just about something kind of negative about somebody else. And I've formed a habit, Brother J.D., a habit to say, you know, no, no. But you know what? No, no, they're good people. In fact, they do really good in the church, and, and there's some good. To th- so I find myself fending for them, which I think I've just kind of maybe evolved into that. I didn't, nobody that I know of taught me that. It's just the right thing to do. You know, especially if they're not there to speak up for themselves, I'll just speak up for them. And so God has blessed me, and I'm reaping a little bit. There's people who stand up for me. Not that I deserve it, because, you know, I know some folks, you mess up, they're done with you. They act like they're perfect. That's what I want to say. You know, you bob a little bit, and they're like, hey, no more confidence. They lost their, you know, you can, you can do a hundred things right. and do one thing wrong and their focus is on the one thing you did wrong. Isn't it amazing how that is? That's just life. That's how it is. But some folks have seen me do a hundred bad things, wrong things right here in this church. That's what's amazing. They just stick right with me. When the smoke cloud clears, man, they are right there. that's, That's what God's people do. That's what God's people do. Luke, amen. God bless you. Love every one of you. Amen. Luke chapter three. Verse number 16, amen. John answered, this is John the Baptist. So John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I. And everybody knows who that is. He's talking about the Messiah. He's talking about Jesus Christ who hadn't come on the scene yet, all right? Amen. One mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. I'd just like to preach to us a little bit about a baptism of fire. Now, we don't say that much. We talk about the baptism of the Spirit, infilling of the Spirit, baptism of the Holy Ghost. We do that. But, but you know, there's something else included in that that some of us just, not intentionally, but we just leave off. And that's this right here. Amen. A baptism of fire amen, was promised to us by the writer here, amen, under the inspiration of God. He said, he's gonna come, he's mightier than I. In other words, he's able to do this. He's gonna baptize, not just water like I'm doing, but he's gonna baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. Let's let's give him one more hand clap of praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. You may be seated. 
Amen. A couple of remarks. I've said this a couple of times lately. Some things get on me and I, I can't quite get rid of it. I think it deserves to be said more than just once. Okay, so you already preached that. Well, some things you're supposed to preach uh, more than once. You know, repetition helps sometimes. By the way, let's, let's don't forget David Harry had surgery uh, this week. And I see Sister Debbie back here. Amen. Listen, that man, he is like a, he is all over the place, very silently, just doing all kind of things that's needed. He needs no praise or no applause. He just, so I, listen, this would be a great time. I'm saying, not saying go see him because it's sometimes sick people don't need guests. They don't need visitors, okay? Send him a text message. Tell him you're praying for him. Make yourself available to do something for them while he's sick. Just thought I'd throw that in for us. Hey, and then by the way, I don't know if anybody mentioned guests or not, but if you're a guest here, and I know the brother and sister Sidak has a guest, been here before, not a first-time guest. Amen. So glad you're here today. Amen. Amen. You're welcome here at Christian Revival Center. Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Amen. But, but, but I got to looking at Isaiah and this is not my message. This is kind of a pre-thought for some of us to, you know, you're here, and that's a that's a good sign for me. Somebody says they don't have faith. They don't. You know what? No, they're at church. Amen. That's a sign that they have some faith. They had enough faith to get up and get the kids ready and get themselves. And they put forth. The, so they do have some faith. But but when I studied Isaiah, looked at it just a little bit, uh, you see the whole first five chapters of Isaiah. Uh, and, and you see Isaiah being very negative, it seems like. I mean, you can, somebody say, well, it's the truth. But, you know, sometimes the truth hurts, and it's just, it's just hard to take. Amen. But, but uh, you know, he's saying a, a whole lot through that part. I don't know how many times he says it. The first five chapters was woe unto you. And, of course, Israel was in, you know, uh, off track, and they were in disobedience. And, and so he was the prophet, and that was his duty. And some of us can get there at times. This is my job to tell people how it is and, and everything they're doing wrong. And, and, and it seems like to me, that's what I'm getting out of that. It was the, all of those five chapters, it was woe unto you. You're going to be lost. They used to down home, they used to say, he's going to bust hell wide open. Anybody ever heard that statement? That's where you're going there, you know. You know, that, that, that's pretty blunt. Uh, but but this is kind of what Isaiah was doing. But but when he when he got in the presence of the Lord in chapter number six, uh, in other words, he has an encounter with the presence and the spirit of the Almighty God. And you know what he said then? He didn't say woe unto you. But notice what he said. He says woe is me. Isn't that amazing? What the spirit of the Lord? It's a mirror that is let down in front of us when we get in his presence, in his holiness, in his righteousness, in his perfection. Here we are in our human, you know, finite minds and our, our sinful nature, and here we are in front of him. We're trying, but we are nowhere close, amen, to where he is, and so guilt comes upon us and condemnation comes, and that's when he says, woe is me, amen. People who are woeing everybody else and rebuking everybody else and telling how everybody else what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to do it. They have not been in the presence of the Lord. Amen, amen. At least they've not been there very much because the more you get in God's presence, the more you're gonna see your faults and your 
failures and your shortcomings and you can say, you know what, I'm the one that needs to be, you know what, when you're not in his presence, you're gonna pick out other people whose fault it is that you're not further along than where you are. It's his fault if he'd have preached better. It's their fault if they'd have sung better, we'd have had a runaway. Amen. It's somebody's fault that said something ugly to me and negative to me. It's their fault. But when you get in God's presence, you take ownership to all of that. And you know what? No matter what they say to you or how they act in front of you, no matter how they disrespect you and no matter how bad our music is and our singing is and no matter how how ugly our preaching is. You can have victory and you can have deliverance and what that means is you can have the joy and the power and the blessings of God in your life. Nobody can take that away from you but you. And there's people who change churches, there's people who leave and they, you know, not only did they leave, you know, some people leave, it's okay, it's a free country. You know, but some people leave and then they kick you in the teeth on the way out because they think it's your fault that you didn't do it different and treat them better and roll out the red carpet and you know the whole thing. So, so I'm preaching to us, it's the presence of the Lord that makes all of the difference. It's not location either. Gotta be over here, gotta be over here, gotta be over there because people are in search of something when they do that. Hallelujah. Won't charge anything extra for that. Just throw that out there free. Hallelujah. Amen. Discount Sunday. <laughs> Abraham, and I want, I'm, I want to talk about this baptism. That would tie into this. That's, that's the spirit of the Lord. That's the presence of God. That's what will fix everything that you got that's the matter with you. That's what will put some joy in there where you're like, uh, you know. You know. That's what will put peace in there when you just, you know, you just, there's no peace. There's chaos. That's what the enemy wants, all right? The fire of the Holy Ghost. We, we want to get to some of that, but, but, but what does it do? It does whatever needs to be done. Abraham, Isaac, and Brother Green mentioned this today. I said, oh, you've been reading my notes. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all married, they married barren women. And I don't know if you know this, but history, you read the history, it was like a shame. It was an embarrassment in the Old Testament especially, if a woman could not bear a child. It was just, they were a reproach to their family if they could, and, and think about it, amen. The, the father of the faithful, his wife could not bear him a child. You know the story. And then they passed that right on down, Isaac and Jacob. Their wives could not have children. It took a divine touch from God. What is that? That's a miracle. Hallelujah. Before any of them could bear children. God does this intentionally. He does this on purpose. He brings up us up against a brick wall and there's no way around it. You can't get over it. You can't get past it. And he does that to get us, amen, to the point where we cry out to him. Listen, if it was all smooth sailing, if everything was just wonderful, why would we come to church? Why would we fall on our knees before the Lord? But when things don't go right, and it seems like the world and the devil and whoever it is that does that to us, amen, they make a habit of bringing us to those places. 
And it's just not the first time it's happened. I'm disappointed. I'm let down. It didn't go like I wanted. That's, the, that's how God gets us to where we need to be. And we begin to depend on him. We begin to call on him. God, if this thing gets done, it'll be you, Lord, that does it because I've done everything that I know to do. I, I, don't, know, I don't know which way to turn. Amen. I'm like the writer, amen, the Old Testament writer. He says, woe is me. He said, I don't know when to come in and I don't know when to go out. But he said that it was in the presence of the Lord. You see folks who know all the answers? There was a time, Brother Green, that I pretty much, you asked me a question, you know, a biblical, spiritual question. What do we do? I had the answer right there off the cuff. Boom, boom, I had it. I quit doing that. I stopped that. I see people right now that do that. Oh, here's what you gotta do. Here's what you do. I'm not saying God can't move instantly and talk to us and give us, I'm not saying that. But sometimes we don't need a quick fix. Sometimes we need to pray a while. Sometimes we need to get down and say, you know what, that's why, amen, that's a sprinkling of people right here that I feel like I could lay hands on you, you'd get the Holy Ghost right now. That's just what God does. But you know what, a couple times the Spirit of the Lord is just like, Woo, don't do it right now. I want people to be hungry for me. I want folks to want me, desire me, hunger after me. Hallelujah. Okay, there's a time coming. Amen. I see people just run to the altar. Oh, God. I see people shout who don't normally shout. You know, I hate to use this analogy, but, but you know, you go in, and it's been a long, long time since I've been at a nightclub. Long, long time. But I remember going in the nightclub and they juking and jiving. They, they out on the floor. They kind of get, you know, and they, act, they think we're nuts. You see some of them moves. They, you know, think about it. This would be, you know, like Jesus said, come let us reason together. Oh, well, them crazy Pentecostals. Well, you? Yeah, but did you ever go out in the world and somebody there would say something about the Pentecostal church? The way they dress, the way they wear their hair. You know, I'm not picking on it. You can wear it any way you want. You know, but, but their dance moves. Good Lord. But see, they don't do a lot of that stuff until they get a little of the, the spirits in them. You get a few drinks under your belt, Sister Kim. Hallelujah. <laughs> she knew, you know, right where I'm coming from. <laughs> You get a couple, you come in there like, oh, man, look at this. Ain't no way I'm getting out there. That's some of us in the spirit. That's what we do when we get to church. Man, I, ain't, I can't do that. You know, ooh, eh? Once in a while, some of y'all, I pick at you. Hey, man, I, I have fun, Brother J.D. I, I, somebody, somebody be out here I'm getting down. I mean, they, they got some moves. And so I move up beside somebody like Sister Nancy. And she, she's a new convert. I say, now that's what you got to do now. When you get the Holy Ghost, well, you got to do it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. But, it, but, but still, what's fun is when you get to the point where you want to do it. Right. Like, I want to get out in that house. Just get out of my way. Amen. I want to dance before the Lord. That's what David did. He embarrassed his wife. Amen. She, she was an embarrassment. But he threw it off the royal robe. Amen, and he danced before the Lord with all of his might. Amen, that's what you do. That's what the spirit does. That's what the fire does. Hallelujah. Glory. Somebody pointed out, I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember who it was. It might have been T.F. Tenney or somebody. I got it from somewhere. They said, 
there's no place in the Bible where David did anything with all of his might. At least they didn't say it. He didn't pray with all of his might. Never said it in the scripture. He didn't do anything, but when it got to dance, and the, the, the writer said he danced before the Lord with all of his might. That meant it wasn't just a little two-step. No, he was like, he was like getting down. <laughs> you know what? That, that tells me that he was serious about what he was doing. This is not really me because I got some kind of spirit on me. Amen. I don't care if it embarrasses everybody. Amen. I'm gonna do this thing for the glory of the Lord. I mean, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We, we preach often about the need uh, for an individual to be filled with the Spirit. But we leave out or we overlook what God specifically brought out through John the Baptist preaching here. Not just the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost and fire. And you know what we always preached about truth? You can leave off a little of the truth and it, and it is not truth anymore. You can add to the truth and it's not truth anymore. So we don't do it intentionally, but sometimes maybe we're just leaving off by leaving off the fire part. Amen. Hallelujah. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. We, we've focused our teaching on things that they're just great value to the church while omitting or forgetting an ingredient I feel like of great importance that we just need to just slow down and talk about it just a little bit. What is the, what is the significance of this, this fire? Why do we need that? First off, it's just biblical. It's in the scripture. All right, whether you get a good answer here or not. But fire, I've always been taught, and you know, in elementary school, at least in junior high, fire is a purging agent. Fire will purify and cleanse. You know? You get you got a new baby, you know, you put their little bottles you used to, you got you probably got all ready made throwaway stuff now, but but they used to take those little glass bottles and, and, and put them in boiling water. You boil all of that. I remember, I remember my nephew had a baby, and I and I went to see it, and I and I was like, and the baby was, the babies do the new babies. They were grabbing my hand and trying to, and, and of course the mother-in-law was there, you know, grandma. She was there, and and she said, oh, yeah. I said, I said, I, I'm. He said, no. He said, we'd have to scald that thumb before you give that baby, you know. In other words, we're going to we gonna have to purify and cleanse it, you know. <laughs> but she used the word scald. No, 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 the only way you can do that is just to have that thumb scalded, you know, because the baby was pulling on my thumb. But, but, but fire does that. Heat does that. Why, why, not, why not be purged when you're filled with the Spirit? Why not be cleansed and purified? Amen. If you have sins that you can't get a handle on, I'm going to get right here where we're living. Amen. If you can't shake old habits and the enemy and your flesh has convinced you, amen, that, that you're just going to have to live with that, hey, you think again. Listen, we're serving a God, amen, who spoke this world into existence. He said, let there be, and there was, all right? 
And there's no sickness or no disease, hallelujah, amen, that he can't heal. He built these bodies. He put us together, made us out of dirt. Hallelujah. You think he can't heal us? Amen. Hallelujah. But there's things that we've just convinced this is how I am. I can't do that. I can't. Listen, you can on your own, but with God's help, all things are possible that believe. Amen. Listen, get a fresh baptism of fire. Amen. That's what you do when there's when it's out of your control and you've confessed. I can't do this. I can't. I, you know, I can't handle it. Listen, if you have a grudge against somebody, this is pretty common. You'd think it wouldn't happen in a baptism, a baptized church, Holy Ghost church. You'd think that would. But there's people who just they wouldn't let their grudges go for nothing. I, I can't. I don't know. You may be saved, and, and I don't preach for people to be lost. I have to make sure I do what I'm, I, I preach so people can be saved. But let me tell you something. I couldn't be saved if I held a grudge against you or you or you or anybody else in here. Well, you don't know what they did to me. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter what they did to you. You know, they may be a heathen. They may be, a, they, they may be just total nuts. They may be an imbecile of some, you know, and that's what they, you know. Listen, it's not them that I'm trying to help right now. It's you that would be blessed. It's you that would benefit from learning how to forgive. Hallelujah. We gotta get that right. Oh, I don't wanna forgive them because they don't deserve forgiveness. Well, they probably don't. I'm not gonna argue with you about that. Amen. Hallelujah. So if you can't forgive them, if you can't get past that grudge, amen. I have the answer to that. A baptism of fire added to the Holy Ghost that you already got. Let me tell you, I've said it before. I've probably seen almost everything concerning churches and all. And so I've seen people get up from the altar. They just talked in tongues and they just shouted and they still didn't like their neighbor. They hated their neighbor. And what I mean by the neighbor, I mean just the one on the next pew over here. How does that happen? They got the Holy Ghost and they talked in tongues, but they left out the fire part, the purging agent. Amen, the purifying part of the Holy Ghost. Amen, that John said was gonna be available to us. Amen. Listen, listen, when you're witness, and that is a witness, folks notice that. It's not me, I'm gonna try to be on your side no matter what you do, all right? It's not me. People take that wrong, wrong and they, they look at it from the wrong angle. They're like, well, that church, man, they require you to do this and you know the ladies don't wear the makeup and don't cut their hair and they got dress codes. And it's not about me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with you, amen. But, but, but it, the world even knows what's modest and what's not. You know, my news app comes up. You know, it just pops up, little stuff on there. And I scan through things I wanna look at and some I don't care about. But you see the world criticizing somebody who didn't dress right. Ain't not anywhere near the church that I know of and they see immodesty. Listen, you can dress any way you want, but we've learned in the church, amen, what people with a good common judgment and common sense, they understand these things. If you want to impress them, amen, just go by what the scripture says. Ladies dress in modest apparel. That makes sense. You, you're fighting the wrong people. You know, oh, the church, you know. No, the church is just trying to help you out. 
We never said any of our dress codes are heaven or hell issues. We never said that. We said this is good. The church has learned that over the years. Let's do this. If you don't believe it, go to the Catholic church and ask them about their dress code. I don't know, I don't know if very many of them pay as much attention to it, but they got it in their books. Somebody wanted to get married, get married and use the church for the wedding. And I saw the list. Uh, Brother Nugent sent me one. The priest said, here's what you got to do. You can't come up to our altar with just little spaghetti straps and no top on the ladies and just kind of have all your back open. And it, it, it detailed in the Catholic church, which a lot of you maybe feel like they're ungodly and have zero standards. That's not true. If they know it without the Holy Ghost, how much more so should Holy Ghost men and women of God say, listen, this is how you need to do it. You're not gonna defile the temple in here. Hallelujah. But the answer to all of that, amen, is a baptism of fire. Amen. I want to get you to talk in tongues. Amen. As a spirit gives you the utterance. But I'd like for you just to make sure, amen, that the fire comes down. Amen. It's not a requirement. Amen. But sometimes when people break out in their Holy Ghost dance or they yell out, oh, thank you, Jesus. And they begin to speak in that language. Amen. That's a little sign that there's some fire there. It'll do a work. It'll do more than just make you emotional. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. One of the most worldly spirits in the body of Christ today is a spirit of disunity. Always hit on, always hit. But the fire, the baptism of fire, would take care of that. This being on the side. Church is over here doing this, but no, you do that. Even personal convictions. I got very little patience with that. Y'all probably know that by now. I don't, I've never given myself permission, Brother Green, to have a, have a it wasn't matter what kind of, if I got it from somebody else, it would have been my own personal. When my pastor said, this is the way we're going, I'm gonna be right beside you. Well, I don't agree with that. Well, you need to start learning how to agree. Some of those spiritual convictions we got is just carnality personified. It's self-righteousness, it's Phariseeism, and a whole bunch of other things that I don't feel like I need to even tell you right now. Oh, but we're spiritual. You ever read that part when Paul said, if eating meat offends my brother? I'm off, way, way off track, but I'm gonna maybe help somebody here. I like to feel like I'm in the Holy Ghost when I do this. You know, if eating meat offends my brother, I won't eat meat, you know? You ever read the top part of that before he gets down to that? Paul was, he was sold out. He was ready to do whatever it took to win people. Right in that same little chapter right there, he said, he said, I've become all things to all men that by all means I might save some. I'll do whatever it takes is what he was saying. But you know the people who had the conviction against meat that was offered to idols, you know who they was? Paul called them the weak ones. If there's a brother or sister that's weak among you and they got this conviction about this and they get offended by it, he said, don't do it. For the, the, the weak one, do you know what we've done in spirituality? We get convictions about the silliest things and I'll, let, I'll just leave it blank and let, let you figure all that out. We, we get, what, listen, the enemy sees that and he takes that and uses it to divide and separate. Somebody needs to hear me right now. I'm, I'm trying to get you on a spiritual right track here and make you surrender and give in 
I'm not trying to get you under my thumb here some kind of way. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to preach truth. But we've turned that around and the people that's got the most convictions, amen, and the most personal things. Paul called them the weak ones. You know what he was saying? I don't know what you get out of that, but what he was saying, he said, you know what, it's just idol meat offered to idols. You know, he said, idol's dead. Idol can't talk, can't move. Can't do it. I was just goofy old piece of stone or wood. He said, you know, he was he was looking at the big picture. And none of that matters, he was saying. But to the weak ones, they're gonna be, oh, they, they'll backslide over that. They'll lose total confidence in you. They'll change churches. Because the pastor's not spiritual. I'm just seeing it a little bit bigger than you are. The Lord helped me with that. Hallelujah. A, a baptism of fire would say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to get beside this man. I'm going to hang with him. Amen. Nothing's going to change. Amen. Me being with him in our spirit of agreement. I can't even get spiritual enough that I separate from him because he's not spiritual as me. That won't work either. Amen. We, be, we better wise up, folks. The enemy's got some tricks. Amen, he's pulling on us. He's put the bait on the hook and we're biting it. Listen, there's some hills to die on. Amen, this wonderful, beautiful, glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen, he promised the baptism of the Holy Ghost to whosoever will, plus the fire. I don't think he just, I don't think he was careful about who could have, anybody, Holy Ghost and fire. And we get the fire it's going to take care of all the other things, amen, the disunity, amen, hallelujah. And that, that is probably the, one of the most worldly spirits that's out there. Not the spirit of adultery, not cussing, swearing, lying, no, 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 no. Holy people, righteous people, tongue-talking people who just won't agree with you. Almost everything, but just a little bit of disagreement. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. I got too many notes. Um, let me just throw this out. You know, Satan led the first rebellion. And I, I wonder who told them to get, you know, or preached to them and told them to, you know, to follow Satan. There's some clues in the scripture that might help us out, amen. He said, I will exalt myself. Sounds like pride to me. They were following, and listen closely to me, they followed a charismatic leader. He said, he said I'll be as God. That appealed to a lot of angels, and it does to people too. I tell about the I tell about the brochure that came in the mail. I mean, it was class act, Mister Debbie. I mean, we I, I had it around for a while. It was one of those glossy. We don't have you know people don't do that as much now with since you can do emails and stuff online and pictures on. I mean, but but this thing was like I don't know. It was folded three or four times. It opened out, but it was it was big. It was almost like a magazine. And, and they had this nice-looking guy. Well, he wasn't that good-looking. His wife was pretty. <laughs> B, I got to be honest with you. 
but he was, but he had a suit on that, like, man, I, I, I ain't never had a suit that cost what that and probably cost. I mean, it was like you could tell the way it hung and the way it was on. Man, he was like, he was like Mr. Classy, man, tie pretty. I'm like, ooh, look at that, you know. And then his wife over here, pretty wife, dress. I don't tell him what it cost, and it was front page. You know, they was advertising the church, some kind of ministry they had. And then I turned the page, and he was again on the second page, different pose, you know. You know, like he was preaching, had the microphone. You know, and then, then I looked over on the next page, there he was again. There he was again, man. There she was, you know. And I got about that fourth page, <laughs> Brother Chris, about the fourth page, and I'm like, who, who are they advertising here? Who they, you know, who, who, who? It, was, it was pride everywhere. It was like, look at me. Look how cool I am. Look how good I am. You, you come to our church, you get to see me. <laughs> Man, it was like showmanship, I mean, to the hilt. And so I didn't, you know, that's what T.W. Barnes said that time many, many years ago. I heard him talk about, you know, he did have a ministry and he did have, you know, the power of God working in the gifts and healing and all the stuff that he did. And, and he's dreaming, you know, the, the flesh gets a hold of the best of us. Carnality gets a hold of us. And he was going to go out and do, back in those days, tent meetings were popular and people would buy the big semi-truck and, and put the big huge tent in like a circus tent and they would put that thing up and they'd have their PA systems and, and, and all their chairs and have their Hammond B3 organ and he had all that figured out and he said in a dream he said he, he, he envisioned on the side of the truck you know uh, T.W. Barnes Crusades you know or Crusade and he said the Holy Ghost spoke to him and said that's just what it would be it would be a T.W. Barnes crusade. So he just scrapped all of that. And that's what people are doing and, and they never hear God talking to them. Listen, it ought to be a Jesus crusade. That's what it ought to be. See, that we gotta keep the focus and, and the baptism of fire will help us with that. Amen, because we get off track and we'll swear till the day we die God spoke to us. We, we better get a man of God or men of God in our life. It's the closest thing you're gonna to get to God, amen. Amen, the preacher preached, bishop preached right here the other day. He said when Brother Green echoed it again here in some way, he talked about when, when the preacher's in the, and it doesn't matter which one it is, that's your voice of God right there. But some folks done got too spiritual for that. Some folks done got above Oh, God done spoke to me like 20 years ago and told me, no, no, listen, you need to forget that. You can build on that, but you need right now, today, amen, amen. And you, and you need to cherish men of God. It just almost seems like this is like self-promotion. That's what I'm, not what I'm up, uh, trying to do here, all right? We need to understand, listen, we need to understand this is men of God. They're gonna speak into my life. That's what I'm gonna get a hold of. That's what I'm gonna unify with. That's what I'm gonna agree with. A baptism of fire. Hallelujah. So anyway, Lucifer became very charismatic. And, uh, but, but, but that disunity uh, always revolves and always seems to revolve around a person. And that person usually has an issue. So watch out on those little convictions that you got. Personal convictions. That conviction will turn into an issue. It, it doesn't matter what it is if it separates you from the elders and the leadership of this church. 
No matter what it is. I'm on something here, all right? And I'm trying to help. Amen. The name Lucifer means light bearer. Imagine that. Lucifer, the light bearer. Evidently, they felt they were walking in some kind of a new light, some kind of a new revelation. Now, that'll always get people, ooh, they got new, something new. Listen, it ain't nothing new. Now, there's some revealed truth. You may not ever heard of it before. It's been there all the time. God will reveal truth that's been there all the time. But some folks get new truth. Nobody else got it but us. And look how good looking I am. And look at my suit. And look at my wife. Look how cool I look how good I preach. It'll, 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 it'll really appeal to the carnal human nature and we call it spirituality. That's why I used to say I'd complain to God. Sometimes people complain to God and call it prayer. Hallelujah. I didn't intend for it to do this today, all right. <laughs> Satan's issue was, you know, the whole deal is disunity, all right. And, but Satan's issue was, I am just as powerful and knowledgeable as the leader. Y'all know that's a Jezebel spirit too, don't you? Hallelujah. You know, it sounds familiar. The only cure for the spirit of disunity is a baptism of Holy Ghost fire. That, that's, that's the only way. Amen. Fire not only purifies and cleanses, but, but fire, fire will advertise. You drive by a cemetery, you drive by a cemetery and you see the funeral procession out there and you're just like, well, you know, somebody died. You almost bring your, lower your voice down. Out of respect. But you drive by a house that's on fire House is on fire. <laughs> that, it, that, that house fire will advertise itself. You get a fire built in your house, spiritual fire. You get a fire like it's been around this altar here today. Amen. It, well, I, people want to get in that fire. They want to get close to that fire. Amen. It, it, it will advertise. Oh, yeah, that's a lively church. It's an exciting church. But it's doing more than meets the eye. Amen. It's doing some things on the inside of us, like forgiveness. Let those grudges go. Amen. Get my focus back where it needs to be. I, I preached this the other morning at the prayer breakfast on Saturday morning. You know, and of course, Brother Staten can relate to all this. We've been in this organization for 40-something years. Amen. And so wonderful, wonderful people that we know and fellowship with. But we go to conference. My wife can tell you this. We go to conferences, district conferences, general conferences, and other kind of meetings and have not as many as we used to, but we used to travel quite a bit every chance we got. But you meet people. Some of them was our friends, some just acquaintances. They got problems in their church. They got problems with the neighbor church taking their saints, you know, and opening the door wide open. Here's how preachers do it. You can't come, you can't come here. You know, that's just that's just not the way you do it. They put one hand, they put one hand up here and say, you you know, that's just not ethical to do that. You know, you can't do it, but over here, they're doing that come on. And you, we meet preachers and their wives who get focused on that, and if it, maybe it is wrong. Maybe somebody did treat them bad, but they got focused on that. Listen, somebody listen to me closely right now. They, they're on that, and it, 
you know, nobody says anything about revival. Nobody says anything about somebody in their church with this serious need and we gotta pray through a bunch of stuff and help these wonderful folks, amen. But, but they're off track on how bad they've been treated. So I'm just telling you, it happens to preachers and their wives too. The enemy is no respecter of persons. And after a while, you'll be over here with your feelings hurt. You'll be licking your wounds of, because somebody treated you bad. Listen, get used to it because everybody gets treated bad. And we gotta pull this thing back on course. Hallelujah. And you know, we're gonna get treated bad again. Somebody's gonna disrespect us. Listen, you know, I'm, I, and I gotta quit, y'all. I'm, I, yep, it's after 12. Let's all stand together. I'm, I'm just going to do what I said I'd do. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm on one of them no end play, no quit place. I, I want you to be saved. I want you to get on point. Will that make your life free of all kinds of, no, you're gonna have problems. You're gonna have sickness in your body. You're gonna have the disappointments. It'll just happen. But don't let that take you off course. Don't get on a side road somewhere. Listen, when we come to, listen, start thinking about church. I do it. Somebody said, you going to church? Yes, indeed, I'm going. You gonna, I'm gonna preach if they'll let me preach. I just got in the habit of that a long time ago. So I start getting, plan- I start planning on a good service, you know, Friday or Saturday. Or maybe even before that, we talk about it, pray for, pray for Sunday service, pray for the weekend. I hope people make a lot of contact. What are you doing? I'm staying on track. Night in the hospital, a couple of days actually, but one night. Got sick of that hospital bed. Everybody was nice. I'm glad they were. But that can sidetrack you. I'm thinking about church. I'm thinking about Sister Jan, somebody being delivered. I'm thinking about somebody that's unhappy being happy. Victory, deliverance, help, blessings, unity, agreement. You know, back in Genesis when they were the descendants of Noah, when they started building that tower up to heaven, false doctrine, teaching people we're going to build this tower where in case there comes another flood, we all go up in the tower and be, be saved. If they'd have known the word of God, they'd have saved themselves a lot of trouble. God already said, I'm not going to destroy the earth by a flood again. I'm not going to do it. If you don't know the word of the Lord, you're in, you're in trouble. But do you know as evil as they were and off track as they were because they unified, because they were together God said, hey, they're going to do it. It's a principle. It works for the devil and the flesh just as well as it works in the kingdom of God. Let's bring that unity in here. Let's bring that agreement in here. When I get here, folks, listen, it's just kind of been ingrained in me. When I get to the house of God, there ain't nothing. Excuse the vernacular. There ain't nothing as important as what's going on right here. My telephone. My cell phone's in there on my desk. I pick up those, I check those messages when I get out of church. Some of y'all hadn't learned that yet. 
If I, you do see with my cell phone out here, I'm looking up scriptures. That's what I'm doing. I ain't helping nobody that's over in Timbuktu somewhere. I'll do that later. I know some of y'all think y'all got a ministry and they can't make it. Listen, they can make it without you and they can make it out without me or anybody else in here for like an hour and a half or so. I, listen, we, all, we were always taught, you can't give away what you ain't got. Amen. <laughs> you ain't got nothing. And that's what people get when they, when they are always looking out here or over there or somewhere. Listen, focus in here. Uh, this is elementary stuff, folks. This is very, this is basic stuff. If we get this part, I'm coming to the house of the Lord. Yes. Amen. I, I'm going to go to the altar. We need to plan on shouting. We need to plan on praying before church. We need to plan on it. I, God, you've got my attention now. Yes. Amen. I, I don't, I don't want to be a tearjerker today, but I, I saw one of my cousins many years ago was killed in a car accident just went off the edge of the road and tried to pull it back up and you know, she's a young woman, beautiful woman and uh, killed her, broke her neck, killed her and uh, I remember her dad never will forget that, it's just certain things around there, I, he was in the church he was a, he was a church person but, but I remember him the casket was here and I remember hearing him pray hearing him pray God, listen, God knows what to do God knows how to get us but I remember Jeff Booth. Man, I mean, it was his, his beautiful daughter had been killed. And it, was, it wasn't the words that he said so much, but it was the intensity of that prayer. It's like, God, I apologize. I, 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 I repent before you. I'm not playing games anymore, God. I'm not playing church anymore. I'm serious now, God. You've got my attention. But he, but, but he went on and said some things. It was just, I'm just a young guy and I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this elder, this older man talking to God like this. I'm wondering how many of us, we just got things going our way. Been doing it like we want to do it. Ain't nobody, not even the preacher, not even the elders gonna change none of that. And I, 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 this is not a judgmental. I'm just saying, you know, God has the power, Amen. if He wants to, to put you in a predicament just like Jeff Booth was. Yes. I'm, I'm, God, I, I'm not playing games anymore. I'm not hypocriting anymore. I'm not playing like I'm spiritual when I'm really not spiritual. God, here I am, God. Hallelujah. I, listen, I, I, I want to avoid all that I can. <laughs> Hallelujah. What it, well, let me tell you what will do that. Baptism of fire. Yes. Purge us. Cleanse us. Wash us. Purify our mind. We just have revival. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm, I left off probably some important things that I should have given you here, but I just feel like the Holy Ghost is doing something with us. That's our only hope, folks. Our only hope. Programs will do what programs do. Good preaching, certainly nothing wrong with that. That'll do what good preaching will do. And on down the line, amen. But I want what the Holy Ghost 
will do for us. Lord, just baptize me. Just baptize. I don't want just a little bit of Holy Ghost. I want, I want Holy Ghost, God. Give me the right spirit. Pure spirit. Somebody's about to be filled up with it. Somebody's about to be baptized in it. Can't wait. Amen. Can't wait. Amen. To see you filled with the Spirit. And the Bible says the day that you seek him with your whole heart, that's the day he'll be found. Hallelujah. I just want us to pray one more time. I know we have something going on after church. I want us to pray for those around us. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Let's, let's pray an unselfish prayer. I want my brother and my sister to be blessed. I want my pastor to be blessed. I want my bishop to be blessed. My elders. Pick somebody. Lord, Jesus' name. Bless our youth. Bless our youth pastor, Lord. He's got a weight on his shoulders. He's got a responsibility. Bless our Sunday school director, Lord. We have wonderful, wonderful leaders in this place, God. I want you to bless them. I want you to help them today. I want you to baptize them with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, Jesus. God, bless your lovely people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah. Beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. Hallelujah. Cleanse us, God. Wash us, Lord. Glory, Jesus, glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus, glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, Jesus, glory, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Is that a song? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Anything can happen. Anything can happen in your life. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So the, so the get-together is like right after church. Coffee and tea and cake. Okay. Praise God. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Take a little of this home with you. Just because we dismiss, that doesn't mean you have to dismiss God's presence. Hallelujah. Um, Chris and Joanne Oakley, it's just we have learned to just fall in love with them and appreciate them so much. And Sister Melissa has been talking to them about a baby shower, and they say, we don't need a baby. We don't need anything. You know what? You don't find too many people that do that to you. Like, we don't need anything. But, but you know, these folks are just wonderful people, and they've got little Eva with them. Their other kids are wonderful. I love your other kids too. I mean, just very respectful. And, uh, and people like me in my age, we, we pick up on that, just respectful uh, kids, whole family. And so uh, Sister Melissa, I think, and some others maybe have put together a little fellowship in the back. I, I, I told Sister Joanne uh, the other night, I guess it's Wednesday night, I said, we're going to have a party. I said, we're going to have a party and we're going to get down, you know. <laughs> we, we have coffee and tea <laughs> and we have cake, not a, not a meal, 
but but we're just so thrilled with these people for their new addition to their family and and uh, and this is our way of saying hey we're just grateful for y'all and and we're happy with you and we rejoice with you this new addition to your family little Eva amen she's a beautiful little thing and so uh, I'm gonna let you out of here amen everybody say in Jesus name. Amen. Shake hands, be friendly, and this is immediately across the hall. Yeah, Brother Thompson. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, Brother Thompson. I did tell Brother Thompson. Before you, um, yeah. One more thing. Before you leave, I just want you to uh, just um, wait a little bit here for us. I have um, just something I want to speak to the church as a body of as 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 a body of Christ. Uh, Bishop Curry told us about the doctor's diagnosis heart surgery, open heart surgery is not an option for him. Neither is the other option to go into and drill those arteries that are blocked. So just allow me here to talk to you a little bit about what I think the church needs to do. We have to acknowledge if we are part of this church that our bishop is the man of God in our life. God placed him in our lives, and I can tell you that he covers us with his prayer. Whenever we leave here, whatever we do, he's praying for us. I've been here for 17 years. I have been blessed because of his prayer. And when I say Bishop Curry loves us, he does it from his heart. He's going to pray the word. And some of the things that he prays on this, um, over this pulpit, it may, we may not like it, but it's for a good. I can tell you that. I've never always, he has never always prayed the things that I want to hear. But I've come to this conclusion. If I cannot submit myself under his authority, I'm going to lose the blessing that God has for us. So, what the doctor has diagnosed for him, it is serious, friends. This is serious. He prays here, but the devil and what Amy has, infirmity in her body is not of God. I can tell you that. It's God's will for us to live healthy. And if you believe that, I can tell you why, why I say that. So, Pastor Chad Curry and the leadership of this church have come to, have got a conflict congregation. We're going to ask you all. To go into fasting every Thursday, except Thanksgiving Thursday, for this month. We're talking about the 9th, the 16th, and the 30th. If somebody feels that spiritual that they can fast on Thanksgiving, go ahead and do that. You may get more blessing from God for doing that. But this is serious business, friends. <laughs> I want to speak to you. Let me tell you something. Bishop Curry, he doesn't talk a whole lot. He loves us. He doesn't talk a whole lot. We may feel hurt, as I said, but he loves the church. There was, just, just to say something about um, fasting. If we read in the book of Mark 9, there was a father who took his son who had he was demonized and he had epilepsy. 
he took him to nine of Jesus' disciples and asked them to heal this boy of his. They prayed for him. He was not healed. The disciples then take the lad to Jesus Christ and said, pray for him. Jesus prayed for this lad. Immediately after he prayed, he was healed. The, the nine disciples turn around and say, Jesus, we prayed. Why was he not healed? And what did Jesus say to him? Certain things can only happen through prayer and fasting. Amen? And this is why if you believe that as Christians you can get healing and get God to move in your life, we're going to fast. I believe Bishop Curry says this is a church of prayer. This is a church who believes in prayer. He speaks and he preaches faith. And I want you to release your faith. Amen? And on fasting, there are three ways to fast. One is absolute fast where you do not eat any food or you don't drink any water. The other, which is um, normal fast, is when you abstain from just meat alone. And the third fasting is partial fasting. They call it the Daniel fasting, where you, you, you do not eat meat and um, you, you stay away from you know, certain things. But I'm calling you and I'm asking you, friends, if you love your pastor, he may not preach a word that we like and want to hear. But once we come under the authority of him and, and obey him. There is blessings for you. I'm telling you that. He is a man of God under your life. Over your life. So we're going to do this. I'm going to be here on Thursday at 6 o'clock. To open this door. If anyone feels to want to come in earlier than 7. Which is our normal prayer time. We can do that. But if you believe that God can heal. And he's going to heal my pastor. Can you lift your hands up in the air? If you... Amen. We want him to be here. He has covered us. And I believe as we pray and as we fast for God to heal him, he will be healed. He'll be here to be a part of the revival that God has promised for Christian Revival Center. All right. But friends, let me tell you, we are blessed to be in a great church. We have a great man of God in our lives. It's what, it, what is going to has not phased him. You see how he preaches today. He's going to continue to do so. But we know what it takes. And God says in our faith, if we have faith, we're going to pray. And we're going to stand up and we're going to, we're going to tell the world that we prayed for a bishop. And he was healed completely because of our faith in Jesus Christ. I believe it with my whole heart. I believe that this church can do it. And we're going to do it. Amen. Thank you for coming to church. And let's join me here. I'm expecting. I'm expecting a group of you. Brother, uh, Bishop, Bishop, Bishop uh, McLeod was here. And he heard. He says, Brother Thomas, I'm going to be here for this week. And as long as I'm here, I'm going to be with you. He has already asked his church in Jamaica to cover our bishop. With prayer and fasting. So let me tell you something, friends. God is going to do it. God's going to do it. So let's, let's, let's be the godly people that we are. I know I'm, I've held up your time. You're going to go around the back and enjoy <laughs> what we have for you. All right? God bless you. Amen.